Hi, Benji here. I'm Molly, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to TikToks, the podcast where we unpack TikTok's hottest trending topics. From pop culture to social issues, we'll be stripping back the layers, helping you understand what's going down on the FYP, and saying how we feel about it. Whether it's Couch Guy, Berries and Cream, or Kate Bush's latest banger, nothing is off limits. Tune in every week for your dose of TikToks. So, the first topic of the first podcast. Yes, the first topic of the first podcast, <laughs> let's give it a Gavin's house it deserves, we're going to be talking about cultural appropriation. It's a good first topic. It is, it is. So, Hayley Bieber recently had a viral TikTok mm. where she is debuting a new makeup look, specifically a lip combo. So she captioned it, ready for all the four things, including brownie glazed lips, as she's applying a dark lip liner and a clear lip gloss. So fairly innocent, right? Sure. However. Seems fine. Seems fine. Who right? is Hayley Bieber? So <laughs> Hayley Bieber is the wife of Justin Bieber. She is a model, creator, influencer, you know. General famous person. General famous person. She was famous She was famous before. before. Yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. And essentially, people on TikTok have accused her of cultural appropriation mm. because the makeup look which she is debuting, quote unquote, on TikTok is actually one that was very popular amongst black and Latina women in the 80s and the 90s. It's yeah. very synonymous with those cultural groups. So that's the criticism. To my knowledge, she hasn't responded yet, but that's the allegation. Mm. So let's talk about it. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts. But uh, I guess maybe it's, it'd be useful to like explain exactly what yeah, cultural appropriation yeah, of is, course. right? So uh, cultural appropriation is when you take something that is of significance mm. to a culture yeah. that is not yours, yeah. essentially. And the thing about cultural appropriation is that it exploits um, other cultures through theft. It's, it's, yeah. it's a form of theft. Something has been taken and stolen, yeah. right? And that's how cultural appropriation is exploitative. Yeah. So someone may take a certain hairstyle and this yeah. has a makeup look. And it's not that they will just try it or use it. If it's cultural appropriation, they will co-opt it and they'll take it as their own and then potentially benefit yeah. from taking something that is not theirs. Yeah, because people will talk about appropriation versus appreciation, right? right? exactly. So what are, what, what are the distinctions there? So appreciation is when you engage in a culture that mm. isn't yours, but not in the way that is stealing. Yeah. So you're given credit where credit is due yeah. and any benefit or payoff that you get from engaging in that culture is passed on to whoever actually deserves that. So in this instance, Hayley Bieber has benefited from doing that lip style because even if it's just getting more views and more followers, she's still benefiting off a different culture's work. Yeah, benefit is a, it's a loose term, right? So I don't think she is benefiting in terms of money, but she's benefiting in the sense that people are looking at it and being like, Haley's done this really cool look, she made it, I'm now going to do it, and potentially credit her as yeah. influencing me to do it. And the thing is as well is that cultural appropriation is harmful because it exposes the culture that has been stolen from to misrepresentation. So not necessarily in this case, but a lot of times you get non-black people appropriating elements of black culture, but then presenting it in a way that is negative. 
So you may get people, for example, Kim Kardashian will get gold hoops and nails. And those are both styles that are synonymous with black culture. But then she'll do it in a way that's like, oh, look at me, I'm so ratchet or I'm so ghetto. She's playing with it, do you know what I mean? And she's able to play with it because she's not black herself. It's a costume. But then there are actual black people who do have long nails, who do have that aesthetic, who are now being portrayed in negative light, or they're having certain negative perceptions about mm. them being furthered by somebody who can just take it off. And on top of that, a criticism I hear a lot specifically to do with black hairstyles right. is when a white person will do braids, mm. they're trying to portray it in a, a positive light. Right. They're not saying it's a bad thing, yeah. but it's adding insult to injury because black people have been discriminated against because of those hairstyles in the workplace, that kind of thing. So if they're trying to portray it in a negative or positive light, it's still having a negative impact. Exactly. And the thing about appropriation of culturally black hairstyles is that ultimately it's making styles like braids and dreads seem like an an aesthetic choice solely. Yes, they are partially an aesthetic choice, but they're also protective styles for our hair type. And so if a black woman wants to put her hair in braids, it's not just because the braids look great, I mean, they do look great, it's because that's a style which is best suited to her hair. But because Becky or, you know, (laughs) has put in braids as an aesthetic choice and then taken them out when she feels like, or what what I've seen as well is that, I've seen TikToks actually, Mm. of white women taking out their braids because they want a professional for a job interview. Or they're wearing braids for a festival. And then- Which they can do because it's not a protective hairstyle for them. And yeah, and it's it's just like a fun choice. And they're like, oh, I've got to take this out for work on Monday. And do you know what I mean? You are furthering this idea that Mm. these hairstyles are just a loose, frivolous choice. So then if a biased employer wants to be like, oh, I don't want people wearing braids in my office, it's unprofessional, you're then supporting that argument. On a kind of tangent, my friend last term at uni, she went and got her hair done, it looked amazing. She had like braids and beads in. And she told me, yeah, I was at the hairdresser for eight hours straight. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. so long. So as... as <laughs> I'm like... in and out in 25 <laughs> minutes. She had to sit in a chair yeah. for eight hours. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. It takes a, a lot longer than you would yeah. think. I mean, to be fair, if you look at it, you consider, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the intricacy of, you know, of styles of braids. Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It takes yeah. a lot of time and energy. And a lot of culture black hairstyles also are spiritual. They have deep deep cultural significance and meaning. And so it's not just a frivolous hairstyle. But then at the same time, I can also see how Hayley Bieber might have just been like, oh, I like this look. You know sometimes how you will be like, oh, I've got a great idea. Mm. And then your mate will be like, I said that last week. Yeah. I think I I could definitely see how, and not justify what Mm. she's done, but I could definitely see how Hayley Bieber could have maybe saw the look in a magazine and then a couple of days later been like, oh, look at me, I want to try that. Or even yeah. seen the look in the magazine. On a non-black on person. On a non-black right? person. Yeah. Even a black person. Oh, okay. And been like, oh, that looks cool. La, yeah. la, 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 and not understand the history behind it. So I guess, yeah, to add that balance, it's a mi- mistake that's easily made. Yeah. And of the criticisms, no one's wanting her head on a silver platter. No. But no. we just, once it's brought to your attention, you make a statement about it or you say, yeah, okay, I was wrong. 
it's I've learned now the the history of this is black mm. women, black and Latina women in the eighties and nineties. Credit should go to them. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's actually just as easy as that. Mm. It's just giving credit. Yeah. It happens all the time in music. Yeah, where someone will release a song and then someone else will be like, oh hey. That's actually sounds really similar to my song. Yeah. And then it'll go to court and whichever way they decide. recently with like Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Oh, really? Something was really similar okay. to a beat in the 70s from a black group. Oh, interesting. And it ended up, it's really hard to prove that something was stolen in music. Yeah. Before. That's a bit but, of a difficult example. Yeah. Because also there's only so many chords, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's a tough but one. But Elvis, like for yeah. a fact, we know that yeah. Elvis stole from mm. black culture when he was yeah. writing his music and that's a much clearer form mm. of cultural appropriation mm. than and less excusable than Hayley Bieber's form mm. because she may have been doing it innocuously yeah. whereas it's very obvious that Elvis intended to take right. that music right I mean there's nuance to it but when it's a direct steal, mm. that's obviously much less for- forgivable yeah. than when it's me accidentally saying, like, pop-off sis, or... I don't know. What do you think about me saying pop-off sis? <laughs> that you should stop saying pop-off sis. Like... Please stop. The second-hand embarrassment is too much. Uh... Is it a form of cultural appropriate When it's so ingrained in gay culture... Mm. What I would say mm. is just remember your privilege and the position that you're coming from. So, as a white gay man, you'd be obtuse to not acknowledge the fact that a lot of things that you say that are gay slang aren't actually gay slang. Or not in the gay that you're gay. Do you know what I mean? They're not white gay. They don't originate in white gay culture. And I refuse to believe that anyone who has considered it wouldn't reach that conclusion. So then it's like, okay, the brands and the chads of the world haven't come yeah. up with this. Somebody else has. Do I still want to say it? If the answer is yeah, in what context am I saying it in? Because you need to think about the impact. So you saying pop off sis to me right now on this podcast, I'm cringing, but I would say arguably the impact of that is minimal, especially on a one-off occasion. But, and again, this is the thing that people do on TikTok, you'll get people who do use these phrases to the extent that it becomes a caricature. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, there's that one person. Oh, I have no idea what their name is and I wouldn't even want to say it, but right. they're just essentially making a mockery of black culture yeah. in everything they do. Mm. They've got really long acrylics. Right. They talk in a black scent. Mm. It's horrible to watch. I love that you brought up black sense because I think that's a really great example to use of what we're talking about here. Because what makes black sense offensive is not the fact that you sound like a black person mm. because there are black people who do sound like certain black sense, right? Because people will be like, oh yeah, but there are people who act like this. And it's like, well, yes. But you don't authentically act in that way. So then where are you getting all this from? Mm. You're getting it from black people that you've seen online or in the media or you've seen around you. You are mimicking. And the thing is, is like with a black scent, because some people will be like, oh, but what if I grew up in an area where there was of black people and, mm-hmm. and I just love their culture and, and that's how I was raised and that's just how I naturally act. You can tell. Yeah. 
You can tell. Okay. You can tell. You can always tell. And this is me saying as somebody who grew up in South London, who grew up in Croydon, who does know white people who are from ends. And they, yes, do sound quite similar. You might see them on the phone and be like, oh, and be a little confused. But you can tell it's authentic. Mm. They're not acting like a black person they saw in a movie or a black yeah. person they saw on a TV show or in a music video. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's exactly why the period uh girl is, is so offensive and jarring. So if people don't know what I'm talking about, there's this TikToker called Brit Barbie. And I don't even want to justify calling her an aspiring rapper or even a rapper in general. She's a... a, a a white girl on the internet and she's got this viral song where she's going period app period app it's brit barbie and what makes that offensive again is that is not what you authentically yeah. sound like you're mimicking yeah. and you're mocking that's why people were so angry at iggy azalea don't get me wrong though i can't lie iggy azalea got some bops i'm not gonna lie what's a mile in this louboutin but that doesn't take away the fact that she is a girl from australia Sunrise is from the Bronx. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And if people still aren't getting it, like, think about a straight man mm. imitating a gay man and being overly camp and flamboyant. Right. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like, ah! oh, okay. Ooh. Ooh. It's the same kind of thing. You're putting on an act. You're doing a okay, caricature. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you try to act as a gay person, they're, they're going over the top and mm. they're making it a caricature. Right. And at the end of the day, at least part of the joke is, oh, this is funny mm. because, ha, gay people. Right. That's funny because it's different. Right, right, right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the thing is that, unfortunately, a lot of times culture that is appropriated is received in a better way. And it's because cultural appropriation usually relies on a power dynamic. Mm. And that's actually how they're able to steal. So an example that I use a lot when I'm talking about cultural appropriation, how it works, is that if I was to steal a Beyonce song, how far would I get? I mean, <laughs> if I I've was... heard you sing. <laughs> Bye. But no, like, if I was to be like, oh yeah, Ollie, I'm just going to get into music now. Here's my latest track. And you press it and it's going like it's a crazy right You'd be like, hmm, I'm pretty sure that's a Beyonce song, yeah, yeah. right? And if I played it to anybody else on the street, they'd be like, that's not your song. Yeah. Because in relation to Beyonce, I don't have the same... She's well known she's, well and known. she's powerful. Exactly. Yeah. So and even if people were like, oh, just go, get, go along with it, it'd be out for two days and I'd get ring ring, yeah. hello, Beyonce's lawyers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But on the flip side... Beyonce could, and let me use an example, because I love Beyonce, but, you know, a big artist could potentially go on SoundCloud and steal a whole song from an yeah. unknown person there and run with it, mm. because the power dynamic favours them. So it's a similar thing. It's that if someone like Brit Barbie, who is a white girl, is able to appropriate successfully, she's going viral, I've seen rumours that she's getting a record deal, and um, she's definitely grown a huge platform. And what's unfortunate is that if a black girl was to do the exact same video, it wouldn't be the case. It'd go viral a little bit, but it wouldn't explode as much as it has for her. And that's because ultimately when we see it on when we see the same thing for a little bit, 
but it wouldn't be as, you know, it wouldn't explode as much as it has for her. And that's because ultimately when we see it on, when we see the same thing that is on black people on white people, yeah. we appreciate it more. Yeah. We see it as yeah. different. We see it as flavorful. Yeah. We see it as exciting. Do you know what I mean? And even without the cultural appropriation of it, if a white person or a black person did yeah. the same thing, but yeah. it weren't related to culture, because of like systemic racism, yeah, yeah, it yeah. would also be seen yeah. better from the white person. We're more likely to listen to what a attractive person has to say mm. and believe them because of our preconceptions. Mm. So yeah. it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. And the thing is, is that we should all be working towards uh, dismantling systemic racism and oppressive systems in general. Giving credit to someone for a cultural trend isn't necessarily going to put that large of a dent in, in the mission. However, it's just like one little thing that you can do to make sure that you're not contributing yeah. towards exploitation. Yeah. And I think it's worthwhile. And as you said, it's not like we're saying that you should, you know... You do your research before you put out content. But we all put out content we don't think about all the time. Yeah. It's just as soon as you get clocked, you take it down, or you add a little comment in the comment section, or you do what you need to do. Yeah. Do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. As soon yeah. as you realise. And, yeah, exactly. The bigger you are, right. the, the more responsibility you have exactly. to do that research, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, so... You could say she shouldn't have done it in the first place. Right. Should have done research into it beforehand. But even if she didn't, afterwards, she should still do something to yeah, address yeah. it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But nothing yeah. has happened yet. But Ollie, don't you think that we're creating division? We're creating division oh because culture exists to be shared. And Why black people can take just... fish and chips. <laughs> Black people can wear blonde wigs, <laughs> you know, and I don't complain. Do you think that we should all just be sharing and exchanging and just hold hands and sing Kumbaya? <laughs> no, babes, I don't. <laughs> because it's like, if we're all equal, except right. you've got a billionaire and someone living in poverty, you don't give them both five pounds. Yeah, yeah, know? great example. Um, Great example, yeah. Flipping, like, what if it were the other way around just doesn't work. That's no. not a good argument because it isn't the other way around no, that's no. the whole point if everyone were equal then fine we could share from other cultures mm -hmm. without there being an issue but the whole problem mm. is that we're not equal and the rich and powerful taking from the mm. poor and weak is a problem. I got it on a video recently. You can't say that about straight people. Imagine if a straight person said it about a gay person. Oh, yes, no, that's the whole point. That's the, that's it's the point. called satire. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's also really important to remember is that people like to share their culture mm. if you're going to be respectful. Mm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times people straw man the argument and go, yeah, well, you're just gatekeeping and you don't want us to have anything of yours and you're just being mean. And actually, no, if you go to like Not Health Carnival, yeah. there's a ton of white people there yeah. living their best truth, living their absolute best lives. Black Pride, right? That's a, a Pride event that centres the black and brown queer experience yeah. that happens every summer. White people are allowed to. Yeah. I went this year, white people there twirling, living their best life. If you are respectful yeah. and sensitive, most cultures will, in my experience, will be like, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. come and vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like, be respectful though. Exactly. If I go to Black Pride, yeah. I'm there as a guest. Exactly. It's yeah. not about me. No. 
It's about you. That's it. And you, I'm there because you want me to be there. Right. Because we're friends. It will make your experience better. Because you're with your friends. Right. We can share in each other's cultures. But then if I go and organise Black Pride and make all the money off it... Do you know what I mean? It's a different thing. Then that's like weird. Or if you bring all your friends to Black Pride, your white friends to Black Pride, and you go as just you lot on a little day trip, that's weird also. Yeah, oh my god, the Hindus in gay clubs. Oh my god, I absolutely cannot. And the thing is, like, it's still happening. I guess, you know, ignorance. Yeah. Maybe because I'm just too deep now into my gay career. But it just shocks me when I see hen parties yeah. and gay clubs. I'm just like, are we still doing this? <laughs> and Bray is all very much like, woo, oh my God, I love the gays. You lot are so yeah. fun. Woo. But it's it's exactly the same for Black Pride or any black-centered yeah. events yeah, if yeah. white people go. Go to make a mockery or see it as a spectacle. Yeah. Go if you want to actually authentically engage in yeah. the culture and be sensitive. It's really all about how you approach it. If you approach it in the right way, it's fine. There's even examples of people getting away of cultural appropriation because people think they're actually about it. Did you see the Adele photo? At, at Notting. So it was. She wasn't at Notting Hill Carnival. I don't think she was. She posted. She put up it during COVID times. Yeah. And it was like missing the whole carnival. Oh, like okay, that. sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if the photo was. She had was braids and from... like a Jamaican. Yeah. She had, she had like, yeah. She yeah. was in like some sort of Caribbean attire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, and she had Bantu knots in. Right. Yeah, in her hair. And what are the, um, what are Bantu knots? Bantu knots. So it's when the hair is parted and it's put into balls. Oh, li- yeah. 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 Got yeah. yeah. yeah a little um, like balls. So the Zulu people of Southern Africa originated Bantu knots. It comes from. That's where it comes from. Bantu is a comprehensive term used to describe the 300 to 600 ethnic groups within Southern Africa that spoke the Bantu language. But yeah, but the thing is, so people were obviously up in arms about it, being mm. like, oh, well, I, I saw more white people being a bit like, we can't, Adele, come on. Mm. Just because it's 2020, you know, being yeah. a So people were like, oh, like, Adele, like, you can't be doing this. What is going on? But actually, I saw a lot. And I also, I did see a lot of people, you know, Caribbean people, or Sydney people who were around, who were like, oh, that's wrong. But then also a lot of people, you know, from that culture background who were like, oh, it's Adele, whatever. Because Adele is from London, and she just has that reputation of just being sure. about it, being quite real. And she just quite authentically engaged in black culture, which is funny because it's Adele, right? Yeah. Like someone like you. But she kind of does have that authentic connection with the community. So a lot of people from the community who she was appropriating from, arguably, were like, oh, you know what? It's it's fine or whatever. And I think she did. Did she apologize? I think she I took it down. Remember. I found it just kind of funny, actually. Yeah. That yeah. people who should have been suitably outraged were very much like, oh, but it's a doubt. It's a doubt. We'll let it slide. It's a doubt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe Hayley Bieber just hasn't, hasn't, you know, built up that rapport yet. Maybe she needs to work on it. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. So, Ollie, yes. would you love me if I was a worm? Of course I would, Benji. Really? Yeah, and do you want to know why? Because I'm amazing and talented and funny. No. I would still be if I was a worm. Because... A man on the internet told me to. <laughs> okay. Right. So there's this TikTok uh-huh. that says, what's a mistake you learned the hard way? And then this guy stitches it, Jordan the Stallion, okay. saying, you just have to answer yes. <laughs> Whenever your partner asks, would you love me if I were a worm? Uh, would you love me if I were a table? Uh-huh. Would you love me even if I didn't exist? Right. You just say yes. Yes right. is the correct answer. Okay. And so he's talking about his parents' relationship. His mum asked his dad 
would you love me if I didn't exist? He looks at his son, looks back and says, yes, I would, even though it's absolutely ridiculous. Right. But he thinks that it's just the best way to keep everyone happy. Okay, so you wouldn't actually love me if I was a worm. Well, yeah, but that's, that's because... Really, that's really hurtful. I'm being honest with you, Yeah, you know? I just said it as if it was a really exciting thing. Ah, guess what? I'm lying to you. I'm not necessarily <laughs> it's lying. It's fine. But if I were lying, okay. I would... if. I would say yes whether I were lying or right. whether it were the truth. Okay. It's fine, we're done. It's cool. <laughs> End of podcast. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get it. I get why you would just say yes, mm. just to keep the peace or whatever. But I would say that you should say yes also because you're thinking about why that person would be asking that question. Okay. And there's probably an underlying reason. I don't genuinely think I'm going to turn into a worm tomorrow. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be glad to hear because you'd, you'd clearly just hate me. But it's because they're looking to see the extent to which you love them, I would say, probably. They want to know. Is okay. your love So they're, they're insecure about your love. Yeah. Yeah. But... Do you think when someone asks, uh -huh. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, when no, someone it's not. asks, you're, would you're, you're mocking no, it no, as no. well. When someone asks, what I'm, what my thought process is ridiculous is what I mean. What I was going to say is, when someone asks, would you love me if I were a worm? Yeah. Is it because in their mind they would still love you if you were a worm? Yeah, probably. Okay, because they want to know that you love them as much as they love you. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why you're saying it as if it's like a preposterous thing to want. No, yeah. it's just funny to think of someone asking that question because they had been thinking, hmm, if my partner was still a worm, I would still love them. <laughs> oh yeah, I think like, because lots of things happen in life and stuff may happen in which case you do not, you can't fulfill your duties or not fulfill duties, but like you were not the same person that that person fell in love with the first mm. time or started dating when, you know, the first time. And so you want to know if anything were to happen, if anything were to go down, if things were to change, that that, that person would still love you, you know? A real princess and the worm type situation. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Okay, but then I, I guess maybe it's fine to feel those emotions, but to a certain extent you could be self-sabotaging okay potentially maybe and maybe looking for reasons to yeah 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 because that's why when i'm mm. going through someone's dating profile okay if i'm on the edge i'll look for reasons mm. to end it okay. to, to swipe left or whatever right rather than looking for reasons to swipe yes right I'll look for reasons to swipe no. You're like, oh, that those shoes are a shade of blue. That makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm going to swipe left. Yeah. Okay, got, got it. Yeah. You're looking for problems. But then why do people self-sabotage? Is I, it, again, insecurity? or? Yeah, I would say it's insecurity. Not having enough self-love that you think I deserve someone else's love. Or not. Well, and this is because I'm triggered right now. Because I've definitely sabotaged in relationships before. Right. And I would say when I've done it, in yeah. hindsight, at the time, I'm like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Of course it is. But I think in hindsight, what it is, is that I maybe just don't... Not that I don't have self-love, but I don't trust that person's intentions. And maybe I'm critical of, yeah, them and... 
maybe it is a self-love thing. Oh my gosh, we're having a realisation. But if it's that you yeah. don't trust their intentions, yeah. I don't think that's self-sabotage. Because you're like, I think something shady is going on here. I'm going to trust my instincts yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah. look for a way out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've given me a reason to be yeah. like, hmm, not sure about this. But if I'm you don't gonna... trust their intention solely because you're like, being attracted to me, that's a weird choice. Yeah. And that's not having self-love. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Also, sometimes I've just, I've just sabotaged because it's fun. <laughs> because it's just fun. When things are going great, snooze, boo. Sometimes you need a bit, it's usually for the group chat. <laughs> you need some drama, you, you need, need some, some spice in your life. Yeah, you know. I want to dive into the chat. You want to write, okay, so. Yeah. I yeah, be I, typing for 20 minutes. Yeah, I put some out. I asked him if he was allowed me to buy a llama, and he said no. Can you believe it? Yeah. I mean, I can. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Okay. If you're a llama or a worm, then you're not you, and I loved you for you. You can change a bit, you can evolve, but you're never going to evolve into a worm. That's just not, you're not the same person. No, but people and do change, though. Yeah, but also you can fall out of love with someone, and that's okay. If you Is both it? change and you change in different directions, you don't have to stay together. Yeah, sure. You could validly be in love with someone between the ages of 20 and 25, but then your lives go in different directions, you're still evolving as people, your personalities are yeah. still settling in, and you may end up not being in love with the person when they're 30 that you were in love with when you were 20, and that's okay. Yeah. We don't have to settle down with the person that we once loved, yeah, just because we love. I don't believe, do you believe in the one? Do you believe in a soulmate? There being one right person out there for you? So I, it's tempting to believe in it, mm. because then I can imagine that they live outside the world and that's why my love life is so awful. But I know, I think it's a compatibility thing. Yeah. And I think there are many people who you can be compatible yeah. with. Yeah. And there isn't just one person, but it's definitely a type of person. Yeah. Or certain types of yeah. people that you can be more compatible with. Because my yeah. hot take, my deeping it, uh -huh. is you can't believe in the one uh -huh. or a soulmate yeah. unless you believe in some sort of God or divinity. Oh. Because otherwise, what if you believe in atheism and, uh -huh. and evolution and things like that okay. and no divine intervention, what purpose is there for two people to be perfectly matched to each other. Yeah, the purpose, in, evolutionarily speaking, the purpose of the human race is to have as much sex as possible and uh -huh. procreate as much as possible yeah, and further sure. the race. Yeah. So what sense would it make for there to be two matching? That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah. also, too many people find the one. Yeah. It's statistically improbable. It's, yeah. There are 8 billion people on this earth. You really think of the sort of 3,000 you've met in your life. Yeah. Actually, I have no idea how many people we meet on average in our life. But it's not very many. No, not, not compared to the 8 yeah. billion people who populate Exactly. The yeah. The likelihood of you finding that other person. Down the street or at your school. And it makes, yeah, yeah, it makes a lot more sense that you would be compatible with people that are in your circles anyway, because you're brought up and you're raised in the yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah, for sure, like, for sure. I would say, though, do you not think that some people have bigger pools to choose from than others? Bigger pools? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, straight people. Yeah, yeah. Great example. <laughs> yeah. Great example. That's just uh, a bigger pool. And if you're, I guess also just if you're a less picky person, then you have a bigger pool. But mainly the straight people thing. If you are aligned with society's beauty standards, yeah. if you fit the beauty standards, yeah. your pool is probably bigger. Because more people have that informing their taste. And not and just the beauty standard. Any other standard of positive, like... Being rich. Being tall and X, Y, Z. Yeah. So yeah, I would say the straight thing is a significant one though. No shade. No shade. Love my hats. And we should say cis hats actually. I love my cis yeah. hats, right? Love my cis shades. Love my cis <laughs> I love Yes. But if you were a shishé, shishé, <laughs> and you're single, it's hard out here, I can't lie, but it's a lot less harder for you. Yeah. Not to make you feel discouraged. <laughs> But it's a lot less harder for you than it is for non-cishet people. Yes. In a general manner of speaking. Of course. Yeah. Obviously, if you don't fit the beauty standards yeah. or whatever, yeah. then it's hard for you as well. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, but, like, you know, no one struggles in validate your own. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I can probably say quite certainty that it probably is. On average. On average. It's a lot harder. Yeah. On average. Yeah. You know, making a generalisation. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because when you've only got sort of 10, 15% of the population, you're right. already narrowing it down. That's pretty depressing. Yeah. That's so sad. Oh. Maybe I should put those, uh, if you love me, if I was a llama questions to bed, because clearly, <laughs> clearly I shouldn't be so picky. <laughs> Not much to choose from, right? But I think to be balanced though, I think there is value in considering hypotheticals and considering different scenarios. Because mm. doing that is kind of practicing. Even if you don't do it with others or you don't put it to others, you should do it for yourself. Like, you know, if XYZ was to happen, what would I do? Like the trolley scenario, the famous trolley. Okay. Um, so this was originally formulated by Philip III. There's many different kind of variations of it, but the most simple one is that you are on a train and it's heading towards um, five people who are tied to the track. Mm -hmm. If you do nothing, the train is gonna kill those five people. Yeah. Or you could press a lever and divert the train onto another track where there's only one person. Mm -hmm. What do you do? So it's just a form of consequentialism. The consequence of your action is meant to indicate your ethics. So yeah. Have you had that problem before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you study philosophy in I did study school? philosophy. I yeah. did as well. I dropped it after year 12. I, I did at uni. Oh. I, I should have known that. Period. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah. I am very much a utilitarianism. Okay, right. Which means that my essential slogan for life, let's mm -hmm. say, okay. is we want more pleasure than pain. We right. want to maximise pleasure and minimise pain. Okay. So, the way I would see it, I would have very few qualms with pulling the lever, diverting it to the one person, okay. because you're saving five lives instead of one. Okay. And that's going to result in more pleasure than pain. I know with the consequentialism, it's like, oh, but you're actively doing that right. rather than not doing it. I've yet to hear anyone give me a convincing argument mm. why there is a distinction between acts and omissions. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So no one has persuaded me that not doing something that leads to one consequence mm. and doing something that leads mm. to the exact same consequence, mm. how they're different. Mm. People think they're different. I yeah. have yet to 
be yeah. persuaded by that. I would agree with you to a certain extent. It's kind of like how people would be like, oh, I didn't lie, I just didn't tell you. Mm, yeah. If it's important information you deliberately omitted, yeah. then that is in itself lying, yeah. right? By omission. So I agree with you. What I would say, though, is that I think there is a difference when it comes to... There is still a difference, especially in that scenario, right? There is a difference in choosing to call deliver and not choosing to call deliver. Your involvement in it does matter. So, and again, I guess this is now adding things onto the scenario, so I'm probably going to be invalidating it or approaching it in a, yeah, not in good faith. But if that was to happen in real life, yeah, my reaction would probably not to be, well, okay, screw that person, let's turn this lever and I'd probably try and, wait to try and stop the train, right? Yeah, well, I no, would, you can't I do that. I know, but I didn't think that I could pull that lever. But the... Okay, that that's, that's fine, but the whole, you can't, because it's a thought experiment, yeah. you can't bring in, yeah. I would try to stop the train, yeah. it is, you, you know one of these two things is going to happen, right. which do you go for? You feel the one person, sorry Rodney. So you could pull the lever, or you would in theory, but in practice, you wouldn't be able to bring yourself to pull the lever. In theory, I'd pull it. Okay. In theory, I'd put it. In practice, practice. you just like close your eyes and hope some divine intervention sorted it. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that case, maybe hypotheticals aren't that valuable. (laughs) (laughs) Because what I've decided in the context of the hypothetical, I actually would not do in real life. But that's because there is an element, it still tells you what your underlying principles are, but those can be flexible when things are added into the situation in yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah, true. So I think it can still inform you on your yeah, guiding true. principles. True, true. But when you come face to face with a situation, mm. you will take that baseline, use it to inform you, and then evaluate on top of that mm. whether you still think that is the yeah. correct thing. Have you got a rule of thumb when it comes to dating? No. I don't think so. You don't? What, what, what kind of rule of thumb are you thinking about? So, like you were saying, you know, hypotheticals, it informs your, yeah. how you act in a real life scenario. And I guess what I'm asking is that, do you have principles either from experience or from considering hypotheticals in different scenarios that mean that you would almost certainly act in a certain way when it comes to relationships and dating? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because any underlying principle I had would be too obvious. Like, I wouldn't date a serial killer. Oh my kind of gosh. Thing. But okay, but, like, so let me give you an example, right? Okay, Let me give you sure. an example. So like, for me, mm. if we're talking on an app or we're messaging on some sort of whatever, and before we meet, you were like overly suggestive, for me, as a rule of thumb, obviously there is a chance that that person could be someone who is looking to date seriously whatever that is do you know what i mean yeah and wants to marry me or whatever yeah. but my rule of thumb is that i'm immediately putting into category of not serious sure not investing time in you okay not saying i'm not i mean if, but yeah, exactly. everyone so everyone, you, everyone yeah. has needs but i'm not but you may reevaluate you once you've but i'm less likely to yeah sure but yeah. anyway the point is is that you wouldn't love me if i was a woman and i'm taking that to my grave Go for it. I mean, if you're a worm, you're not going to live very long. Unless you're a hammerhead. Do you know about hammerhead worms? No, would you love them? No, absolutely not. Hammerhead worms are basically immortal, really hard to kill, regenerative. If you cut it off, it will just grow back easily. It's really poisonous. It can damage, maybe even kill a fully grown human. Oh my god. And they're super difficult to kill. 
Where do they live? Australia or something? Yes, but I think they're also in the States. I don't know if they're in the UK. Okay. That's but, scary. Are they big? Yeah. They can be... Not, not that big. Okay. But... Okay, that's well. That's giving me nightmares. Great. Yeah. Thanks. So I would not love you if you're a hammerhead worm. That's fine. Maybe that's a cute little earthworm. Little earthworm. <laughs> oh, thank you. I guess that's that's it. That's right? it. That's a wrap. All right. Well, that's it. That's the it. The first episode. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Ollie hates worms. <laughs> and <laughs> Haley Bieber, we're waiting on your apology. Yes. <laughs> please, please, if you did enjoy that, like, like. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say like, comment, and subscribe. Like, I comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Ad- Apple Podcasts. Yes. Engage in any way you can. Exactly. And Share it with we will love you. Exactly. If you're a worm or not. <laughs> Thank you for listening. See you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>